Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. I'm going to talk about um, hope. Don't lose your hope. Now, personally, myself, I don't teach a lot on hope, but yet the Bible's pretty plain about this. Uh, Your faith will not work without hope. It won't. Now, you, you may say you're a big faith person or me or whoever, but if you don't have hope, hope, faith has nothing to work for. I had a, um, a dog named, and it's true, I'm not making this up, a dog named Ruth. She is a very unusual dog. Her one call in life is to chase a tennis ball. That's the, she could be sound asleep in the garage. I could be working in the garage. She won't move. But if I have a tennis ball and I just drop it, that dog will not only jump up, but she will run to me. And not only run to me, but her head will be up against me like this, looking up at me. Pardon me, not at me, but at the ball. Now, let's just say for a minute, that ball is hope. And Ruth is faith. Faith dog. She will not move until the ball is released. She's waiting for the ball, the hope, the vision to be released. As long as I hold that ball within myself, she will continue to sit. That's how faith is, saints. It will sit until you release hope. Once I release that tennis ball, that dog is gone after the ball. She will not return until she has the ball. She brings it to me. Are you getting this? When you release hope, when you release your God-given dreams, saints, faith has a something to work towards. Faith gives substance. So we're going to read this. There's a lot, I have a lot to talk about. We're not going to get through in one session. It's just like the, is there, there, thermostats back here. That thermostat is what cool, you could say this, that thermostat really controls the unit. All the power in that unit is controlled by a little thermostat. Now just think about that. That thermostat has to be set. We'll call that hope. And that hope is calling. It's calling on the unit. The power is not really in the thermostat, but yet the thermostat controls the unit. That unit, that thermostat, we'll call hope. It's calling. 
Saints, once you have hope, once you have that vision set, you, ha- you must have a vision statement. Abraham had it. The woman with the issue of blood had it. Blind Bartimaeus had it. Jairus has it. And we go on with the list. They all had a vision statement. That vision statement has to be released in order to, to make a call to put substance to the things hoped for. Does that make sense? So we're going to talk about hope. Now, hope, again, of it and by itself will not cause it to come to pass. The thermostat, if the, if the unit, if I shut the breaker off on the furnace or on the AC unit, that, that thermostat, you could turn it all day. You won't do nothing. So you're going to have, so it's hope plus faith. Now turn with me to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Hallelujah. And we'll begin, well, actually just one verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, Now abide faith, hope, and love. These three... But the greatest of these is love. Well, why, why would love be the greatest? Because hope will not work. Faith will not work. Both of them are energized or, or they worketh by love. In the kingdom of God, you have three things. He's giving you three keys in the kingdom. Faith, hope, and love. They all, it's designed to work together. In other words, if... If, if I was to reach into the kingdom and pull out love, all three should come out. Because without all three of them working together, they won't work. They're all dependent on each other. Tonight we're ta- or today we're talking about hope, your dream. What has, what, what, what? What's in your heart? You know what I'm talking about. You know what God's put in there. Come on. If, if you say, oh, Pastor Chuck, I don't have no, I don't have a vision. I don't. Well, really, if you get into the Word, you spend time in the Word, I guarantee you, you will have vision. You, hope will begin to rise up. I'll prove this to you. Turn, turn with me to Romans chapter 15. We're going to look at a few scriptures. Romans 15, verse 4. Are you there? Hallelujah. It says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through that we through the patience and the comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. You get that? How does hope come? Through the Scriptures. Just like faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, you could say, yep, hope also comes because it comes through the Scriptures. So in other words, the more time you spend in the Scripture, mean it's coming down to that? Hallelujah. The more time you spend in the Scriptures, there's more hope. 
available for you. Listen, listen. For faith to, for the capacity of faith to expand, hope must be there too. In other words, your hope, your vision must be on the must be expanding for faith to expand. That's the only way faith will work. Of course, I'm I'm taking. I'm assuming that everyone's walking in love. Because if you're not walking in love, you're, none of this will work. Okay, so I'm assuming right now you're walking in love. You're walking in forgiveness. You're not holding not against anyone, against your neighbor. Come on, if you know if you are, because the Holy Spirit will, actually your conscience will talk to you. Your conscience will tell you. So here's no excuse. Amen. Anyway, go on. Cheer up. Walk in love. Hallelujah. So, so you get into scriptures and you'll find hope. Because look at verse uh, 15. Um, pardon me. Uh, um, chapter 15. But look at verse, verse 13. Verse 13, it says, now may, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God is a God of hope. And get this. He says right here, well, Pastor, I don't want to get my hopes all built up. I, I, I just don't want to go down that road, you know. When it comes to the word, we're not talking about natural hope. We're talking about the hope that comes from the word. It is supernatural The Amplified Bible says, and I got it written down here, and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Bubbling. Running over. Does that sound like too much? That sounds like a whole lot, doesn't it? A little hope. Think about it. If you just have... a little hope, that means the only thing that will come into manifestation is the little. You understand what I'm saying? If you have a lot of hope, that means, like I just talked about, the capacity is greater. But notice what, what it says here. It says, Now may God up, may the God, may, and now may. The God of hope fill you with all joy. A lot of times when you find hope, you find the word joy. And thus is my definition for hope. A joyful, confident expectation of good. A joyful, joyful, oh, bubbling over, joyful expectation of why? Because you have an expectancy. Who was that? Um, or, or 
was it Roberts R. Roberts used to say something good is going to happen today or something good is about to happen. He would, he would make this phrase, something good. Expect something good to happen. Have a joyful, confident expectation of good. That's what hope does. Get your hopes built up. Your hope should be bubbling over. Not just a trickle. Bubbling, abundantly, abounding. Give your faith something to work for. Make life exciting. I think, I think and including myself, you know, uh, life should be a lot more exciting. I'm talking about the God kind of life. I'm not talking about circumstances. Of course, it affects circumstances. Because, listen, you, hell could be breaking loose out there, but, honey, not in here. The joy of the Lord comes from within. And when you get hope in there, when you get hope, faith is activated. Now, my wife and I, we, Joy and I, we always had a vision statement. It goes back years. Now, here's the thing. We constantly have to revise that statement. Why? Because faith gave substance to the things we hoped for years ago. So we have to revise the vision statement based on the Word. I'm not talking about wishy-washy. Now... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but so we had, and we just updated this 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 last few months because God, in other words, faith brought into manifestation, but it has to have hope out there in front of it. Again, what's your hope? What's your vision statement? What do you want to accomplish? The reason why I say that is because if you're not hoping for anything, then let me put it this way. If there's not hope, then how do you know when you arrived? If you have no hope, you won't arrive. You have hope out there. Come on, it may, you may say, well, Pastor Chuck, I've been hoping, I, I hope. And I, hey, listen, give, there are times when you have to get into patience. Allow patience to have its perfect work. You're going to have to get over into patience, but hope's still out there. Hope's still working for you. You just don't want to give up. Don't give up on your hope. Amen. Turn with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. It says, uh, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
Now, we just talked about that. Faith gives substance to the things hoped for. When I was little, and you believe that or not, I was little at one time, as in age, my grandfather, of course, he lived about four hours away, and he wasn't able to visit us, visit us that often, but two or three times a year they would come in, and when he would come in, I, was, I would always be at the window waiting for my grandfather to come, driving over the hill, over that little, little hill, I'd be waiting. In other words, my hope was out there based on my mother's words that he should be there around a certain time. So I would be there expecting him to come at a certain time, but not just waiting and doing nothing. I would have my fishing pole ready to go. My fishing pole would have new line. Because this is serious stuff. My grand, grandpa's coming. Tackle box, be ready. Everything in order. I'm, this, I'm talking about a nine-year-old. Eight-year-old. Things lined up. Grandpa's coming. I, everything. Not just one pole. I'd have two or three poles. That, why? Because that's how he fished. He never fished with one. He fished with two or three, maybe more. I don't know. But I had, I had everything ready for, my, before, for that event because my expectancy was out there. Not only was I expectant, but I was confident. And there were days when he would be delayed, and I would say, when's he coming? When's he coming? I thought, Mom, I thought you said he'd be here this morning. What's going on with this? I wasn't too patient. But he would always come. In other words, I got the expected in. Come on. But I had to wait for it. It showed up. That's exactly how it works, saints. It will show up. You have an expectancy. You have a dream. You have a vision. Don't let go of it. It'll show up. Faith will give substance to it. I don't care what you're believing God for. Finances. I don't care if it's hell. I don't care if it's depression. Come on. Faith will give substance to it. Come on. Amen. Now turn with me to um, Romans, uh, yeah, Romans chapter 4. Talk about Abraham. Now the thing about hope, let me say this before I go on. The thing about hope is, saints, listen. Hope Now, this is very important about hope. This is the reason why it works, or one of the reasons why it works. You have... 
the more you meditate in the Word, the more you ponder, the more you think about the Word, the more you say the Word, what you're doing is building an image. You're painting a picture on the inside of you. Other words, I'll say this. If you can't see it mentally, if you can't see it on the inside, you're not there yet. Hope's not alive. Peter talked about hope as being alive. You have to picture it. Well, Pastor Chuck, I don't understand what you're talking about. Are you getting kind of cuckoo? Are you some type of mid-eastern meditation stuff? No, I'm talking about meditating, just like God told Joshua, you meditate in the Word. When you meditate in it and keep it before you, it will eventually... See, this is why it's so important. I won't release faith. That's how I've always done it. I will not release my faith until I see it appear. Paul called it a helmet. He called it the hope of salvation. If I don't have a mental vision of it, in me, strong in me. In other words, every time I think about it, I see it. I will not release my faith. Why? Because if I don't see it up here in my mind, my mental capacity, I will not release my faith. Won't do it. I've done it. And it never ends well. I always end up in frustration because it never came to pass. But if I get a mental picture of it, on the inside, I'm talking about God's Word. I'm not talking about anything natural. I'm talking about the Word of God. If I meditate in that Word, get a picture of it on the inside of me. In other words, I'm not wondering about it. I don't have to think about, well, where's that Scripture at? Where's that at? I can't remember. No, you should already have that. It should be so strong in your mental capacity that you, it's, it's rooted. It's not moving. It's rooted. Faith, now, now faith is ready to be released. I, I, like I said, I won't, I won't release faith unless I see it. Because faith, because hope, hope is, 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 Paul called it again. And we don't have time to go through all this, but I'm just saying, you have to meditate and get a clear picture of what you want. Allow the word the Bible calls it the renewing of the mind. It's, I'm ta- it's the same thing. But you, only, the, but you have to renew. You renew and you meditate until, you're, until you get that groove. You know what I mean? Like a groove in a record. You, you, you just keep meditating until there's a groove dug in. It's a path. You're not wandering anymore. No, you know. You know the vision. You know the, your vision statement. Come on. Amen. Amen. Well, where are we at? Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 4. Hallelujah. Uh, chapter 4, verse, let's just go with um, verse 18. Hallelujah. Let's see here. Well, there's a phrase. I don't. Let's just go with this. He's, now, this is the King James. It says, in verse 18, who against hope, this is Abraham, believed in hope. Do you see that? If you get the King James, if you don't, 
um, my, 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 um, mine doesn't read like that. And I should have wrote the whole thing down. Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. In other words, all worldly hope was gone. Natural hope was gone. The guy's 100 years old, right? Sarah's 90. There is no natural hope. It's gone. But he chose to believe in hope. In other words, he chose to believe in God's hope. It's supernatural hope. Natural hope is wishy-washy. Natural hope is based on circumstances. Natural hope says, well, for instance, well, well, I sure hope, I, I hope the Cubs win this year. I hope the Cubs win a World Series. Well, that's nothing but a wish. They ain't happening. They ain't ha- I'm sorry, Sam. He's a Cub fan. I now, the Cardinals, I'd give more hope for the Cardinals than I do the Cubs. But that's all, even on the Cardinals, it's all wishy-washy. It's not, there's no, there's no bite to that. It's flaky. That's the reason why people don't, go, don't like get their hopes built up. Because it's based on a worldly hope. It's the circumstances, what's going on, I don't know. Now, I can hope if things brighten up a little bit, if, if the gas prices will just drop down to two... 50, then I'll have more hope. I'll say, that's just, that's, what are you going to do when it reaches $6? You're going to just give up? See, that's what happens when we put our hope in natural things. We put our hopes in present. You know, I, you know, well, you know, I don't want to get in politics, but, but Abraham believed in a supernatural hope. It wasn't, it wasn't a natural now, you have to remember, when God, when God revisited Abraham, and I think it's Genesis chapter 17, Abraham, Abraham's vision was pretty much, I'm not, it obviously it wasn't perishing, but it was very dim, right? Because when, when God starts talking to him, Abraham and, and, and reinstates the um, vision about him becoming a father of many nations. Abraham or Abram laughed. Sarah laughed. Oh, just let Ishmael have it. Let Ishmael live before you. He wasn't thinking about Isaac. He wasn't thinking about the promised son. His vision was pretty much. Lord, I'm 100. But get this. God does not give him a new promise. But he does give him new revelation of the original promise. So shall your seed be. It's a new revelation. Well, what's the revelation? God, here it is. Now, God, you, let, me, let me say this first. A new revelation, what did God do? He changed his name. Radical. 100 years old, but God changes his name to Abraham. He changed, 
Sarai to Sarah. So he changed both their names. But he changes Abraham's name. That's a revelation. See, Abraham, listen, listen now. God will not go against your will. God's been waiting 24 years. Come on. I used to think that was a long time. Now I think it's record time. God's been waiting on him for 24 years. In other words, God will let you do your thing. He will not go against your will. God had to get him in a place where there was no natural hope when, when Abraham won't fight him. Even though God said, I have made you a father of many nations. I made you, Abraham. But yet that will not come to pass until... Because, listen, God will not go against your will. He cannot violate your will. So in order for that vision to come to pass, Abraham is going to have to get in line with what, what God says. It's a new revelation. He's no longer Abram. He has to change his name to Abraham. Could you imagine what the people thought when he first said, at 100 years old, I'm Abraham. So what's he doing? He's calling those things that be not He's calling those things which be not as though they were, right? So, what's he doing? He's actually laying hold of hope. He believe, he, against all hope, he's believing in hope. So he's laying hold of hope by changing his name to Abraham. That's his vision statement. Come on. Now, <clears throat> faith for the first time, has something to give, uh, give substance to. Before this time, Abraham was doing his thing. He had an Ishmael. God will let you have your Ishmaels. You, 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 are, you, you control, really, you control your destiny. See, God will just let you do it. And we call that hard knocks. Sometimes we learn the hard way. It's easier to just do what he says. And just, and just do what the word says. Be a doer. And save yourself some pain. God knows what he's doing. Come on. He gives you hope. Come on. Don't give up on your hope. He said, Abraham, I got you now where I want you. You're, you it, it don't look good right now, but I'm God. Believe me. Abraham, Amen. just take my word, put hope out there. He's going to speak it. He's going to release hope. Remember about the tennis ball? You're going to release hope in order to, for faith to give substance to the things hoped for. I wish it worked some other way. I just wish it would be some easier way. Saints, that is easy. You really think about it. God's way is very simple. It is not difficult. We make it difficult because we don't have our eyes focused right. We get our eyes focused on the circumstance. We get, well, you know I've got this problem. You know I've got this condition. You don't know what I'm going through. Saints, you don't put anything above the Word. You put God first. You put the Word first. You speak what God's told you. Release your hope. Mm -hmm. 
And allow, allow your faith, your faith, God, listen, it's not really your faith. God gave you the faith to believe. Yeah. It's the hope you have, really, that came from the word of everything. That we, when we get to heaven, all glory, all rejoicing will be to go to him. We won't have, what do we do? He's done it all. Now, he exp- obviously, we have to do our part. And our part is to, to keep hope alive, keep it out there. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what's he doing? He's laying hold of hope. Now, the Bible calls this hope. One of the pictures that we have, there's many pictures of hope, but another picture of hope. Hope is an anchor. What's Abraham doing? He's laying hold of the anchor, the anchor of hope. What's that hope going to do? It's going to keep him anchored from drifting. What does an anchor do? It keeps you from drifting. That hope, that vision that God gives you, don't let go of the anchor. Your faith is, is designed to, to bring that thing into existence. My cousins had a boat. Turn with, go ahead and turn, with, turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. My cousins had a boat. <clears throat> of course, when I grew up, we had little 10-foot boats and stuff, and we had an anchor. It was a concrete block. It was a 4-inch concrete block, a half of a block or something. It wasn't much of an anchor, but it did kind of slow you down a little bit. But, but my cousins had a, a 24-foot fishing bass boat or something. It's pretty hefty, but it had an anchor. If we did skiing with that. We'd, we'd ski and had a pretty good-sized motor on the back, and the front had a trolling motor. They could, they could fish for bass fishing or something. But anyway, <clears throat> that anchor was designed, this, it was really, uh, as, as a 12-year-old, or I, might, I don't think I was much older than that, maybe, I don't think I was a teenager, but that thing, when they throw that thing over, it was designed to dig in. Other words, when that boat would start to drift, that, that rope would start to tighten up, that anchor would actually actually dig in right, to keep that boat from moving, even though the, the rope would be tight, but the anchor was designed to lay hold. Since you have an anchor, <clears throat> the anchor of hope is designed to dig in, to keep you from drifting. Now, Hebrews chapter 2 talks about drifting. I'm not going to get into that, but just, just <clears throat> keep you from drifting and to keep you steady. Abraham's going to have an anchor. Sarah's going to have an anchor. They're 100 years old, 90 years old. That anchor's going to keep them from drifting. Could you imagine what he's going through his mind again? He's 100 years old. That's never happened before. It never happened again. But he's got an anchor holding him in place. So now read this. We'll start with, I think we'll start with 18, for sake of time. We'll just jump in. Um, 
Oh, so I better get there, I guess. Hebrews 6.18, it says that by two, two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation or comfort who have fled for refuge. It'll get this. Now, if you underline this or do something, keep this in your mind. To lay hold of the hope. You know what's said? To lay hold of hope. <clears throat> of the hope, I'm certain, to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. You notice... <laughs> It's not anchored to the worldly things. It's not anchored to your circumstance. It's not anchored to how the economy is going. It's not anchored to what, what, what the president's saying. It's not anchored to what Congress is saying. It's not anchored in anything. It's going, listen, listen to this. It enters the very presence of God. Isn't that awesome? The Passion Bible talks about the mercy seat. In other words, when you throw the anchor in, when you lay hold of the anchor, that anchor is secure. It says steadfast in verse 19. In other words, honey, that anchor is not moving. It's steadfast. It goes beyond time. It goes into eternity. It's anchored in God Himself behind the veil, in the most holy place. It's not anything on this earth. This earth may shake, rattle and roll, but honey, your faith, your hope does not have to shake. Amen. It's holding fast. And saints, the anchor will hold. It is designed to hold. It is designed for your faith to work towards and to give substance to the things hoped for. It will work. But you have to release hope. You have to lay hold of hope. The thing about hope. There, now listen, I, I know there's times when we all have to fight depression. There's, there's times we all have to fight. Things just don't go our way sometimes. In the natural. The enemy is not going to sit by idle while you fulfill God's vision. Get it. it ain't happening. He's gonna send trouble your way. I bet but you gotta take this 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 you got but we have an anchor, so it doesn't matter what he throws at you, it doesn't matter what storm comes at you, you have an anchor that will hold. In other words, that anchor will hold you steady until the promise shows up. Let me say it again. The anchor will hold you steady. Until the promise shows up. In other words, it'll keep you steady, unmovable, because you're anchored in Christ. You're giving substance to the things hoped for. Nothing's moving you off because you've got your focus set. Anchor set. Your focus is set. You're not being moved off. And listen, it will come to pass. If you just don't allow... Listen, 
Don't allow slack in your line. You have a lot of slack in your line and what happens to the boat? Shipwreck. Keep that line tight. Well, how do you do that, Pastor Chuck? All these things. This, this, that you're talking about hope that can't be seen, faith that can't be seen. How do you do that? By doing all that you know to do. Come on. Keep that. Go to church. Keep the line tight. Go to church. Pray. Keep the line tight. Spend time meditating in the Word. Meditate. Meditate. Keep it tight. Be a doer of the Word. All these things keeps the line tight. Keeps you from drifting. Keeps you steady. We're living in a time, saints, we've got to keep the rope tight. Keep the anchor of hope tight. And yes, there's times we have to fight depression. There's times when things don't go our way. We don't give up on our hope just because we're having a rough time. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. My wife, she, she burnt a toast today. Turn with the Psalms, Psalms 43. We'll I think we'll close with this. Psalms 43. Like I said, there's a lot. I'm, I'm just touching base on this. I'm <clears throat> talking about hope, just touching base. Don't give up on your hopes, saints. Don't give up on your dreams. Keep that anchor tight. <clears throat> this is, this is uh, David... Let me see here. I got this written down. <clears throat> verse, uh, chapter 43, verse 5. It says, why, this one translation I got written down. Why are you discouraged, my soul? Why are you so upset? See, there's times, <clears throat> listen, there's times when you would just have to talk to yourself. David did this. He actually did the same thing in, in chapter 42. Um, you have to just, you just have to get in, get, look in the mirror. You know, listen, you're the most important person. You know that. You look in the mirror, you're the most, and you, you're, you're, the, you're, you're the man, you're the woman. You look in that mirror and you guys sometimes talk to yourself. What, what, what's up with you? Why are you depressed? Come on, get with it, man. Get with it. You know what the Word says. Come on, this, there's times you just got to talk to yourself. What are you depressed for? Why are you so upset over what your neighbor did? Come on. We let, you can let a lot of things get you down. And there's times you just got to talk to yourself. This David did this often. He did this at Ziglag, remember? I mean, that's probably his lowest point. Ziglag, the place was burnt down and, and there's wanting to stone him. It was, a disaster. it was a total disaster. But does he give up? No. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. 
They want to stone the guy. He made a decision. No, I'm not going to give up on my dream. I'm not going to give up on the vision. I'm going to encourage myself. I believe he got into praise. He got into worship. He, remi he reminded himself of the promises of God. That's what we have to do. We got to talk to your soul. Your spirit man's good. Your spirit man, but your soul has to be anchored. Talk to your soul. It goes on. Let, let me quote this. Uh, I, I, let me just say this. It's, encourage yourself. Turn your expectation to God. In other words, expect God to act on your behalf. But you don't understand. It is bad. It is looking bad. The anchor will hold. Listen, it, it held for Abraham, 100 years old. It held for, for uh, the woman with the issue of blood. She was sick for 12 years. 12 years. She's about to die. But she held fast to her confession. She, her confession of hope, and you can say faith too, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. What is that? That's a faith, that, that is a faith, that is a hope vision statement. Abraham had his vision statement. I'm Abraham. Blind Barnabas. Remember him? The guy's blind, but he has a faith, he has a hope vision statement. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Right? And they told him to shut up. Well, what did he do? Did he, did he, did he say, okay, I guess, I guess I'm hoping for too much. I guess, I guess it's too much. No, he just got louder. So you just got to get louder. When the enemy is, try, is trying to keep you quiet. No, no, you just say louder. This, this, is, this is my vision. This is, what, this is what I'm called to do. Speak it out. <laughs> no one said, yeah, listen, the, the principles of faith and hope are simple, be it, be it the enemy will try you. Your faith will be tried. He goes on to say in verse four, uh, in Psalm 45, and I got this written down. It says, why you downcast all my soul? Hope, look at this, hope in God. And he goes on to say, I will yet praise him. Come on. Even though he's depressed, he's down. But what's he going to do? He's laying hold of the anchor. He's laying hold of hope. I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. He's laying hold of the anchor. He's not letting go. He feels like he should let go, but he's not. He's made a decision to hold fast. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast your confession of hope. Why? Because he, who because he who promised is faithful. You can hold fast. 
Amen. So here he's praising God. Remember what we said at the start where you find rejoicing and hope together a lot of times. So when you, when you find, it's getting, find it getting rough, when you find, like, when you find your vision not, it don't, looks like it's impossible, now's the time to tighten the rope. It's time to say, Father, I praise you. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I'm holding fast to that anchor, anchor of hope. The anchor will hold because it's tied to you. My faith is giving substance to the things hoped for. It will show up. I have an expectancy. It's going to show up. I'm not letting go of the anchor. I'm not letting go of hope. Saints, you've got to get a tenacity like the bulldog. I'm not letting go. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I know exactly what God said, and I'm going to do it. I mean, you're just, it's like a, I'm probably not a good example. It's like a goat. You ever seen a goat ram something? They have a hard head. And they go, well, we didn't see. I'm jumping around. I, I, I missed. So we have a forerunner. His name is Jesus. He's gone ahead of us. He's seated in the heavenly places with God. And we're seated with Him. Saints, your vision... What you're hoping for, if you just continue to hold fast. Listen, keep your expectancy up. It will show up. Amen. Let's all stand up. Praise God. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.